Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, and you're listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. What? In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that is quite ready for prime time. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're downing some hypnosil as we try to stave off sleep as we provide a fan commentary track for Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors! But first, let me remind you, we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. You can find all of our episodes at BoomHowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junket in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your dream hole. And if you are on social media, you can follow our social shenanigans on Twitter, at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook, at Nightmare Junkhead. And speaking of social shenanigans, yes. this particular episode is being released on January 25th, mm-hmm. which means if you're in the Kansas City area or even the Midwest we're all panicking right now. Oh, we are in a state of panic because it is indeed time for the Panic Film Festival to yes. begin again. Yes. I'm so excited. It's so much fun. And you will be hearing about it soon. Oh, indeed. In fact, on that day, as this episode releases, not only are you going to be seeing a number of awesome genre films, but we ourselves are going to be podcasting live. Mm-hmm. From the Shining Theater. And that's the wonderful thing over at Screenland Armor, where this is being held recently had an expansion now the bummer is we're not going to get as many vendors right and you know that was a part of panic film festival let's let us not even you know it was a wonderful part however we are going to get more movies yes we are in fact not only did we get an expansion of the theaters but the films themselves because during the weekend from the 25th 26th and 27th that's when we're seeing a lot of the films for the first time that's when you and i we're going to be you know watching the movies we're going to be actually out about talking to people Mm -hmm. getting reactions from the filmmakers um, but ultimately, that's kind of the whole, that's the the social aspect of it. Now, yeah. as an introvert, as an admitted introvert, you know, it's a challenge for me to do that. But I am challenging myself because, you know, number one of all the films that are playing. Yeah. And, you know, they Panic Fest brings some gems, just absolute great movies. We refer back to our Panic Fest preview episode from last week, obviously, mm-hmm. into all the goodies, but no, hopefully, uh, and it's always weird when the episode releases on the day something is happening, but hey, you know. Right, but you know, time displacement and shit. The live episode went great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, the uh, the Horror Virgin live podcast we play on the 26th. Everybody had a great time. Dark was the night, the cult podcast, all live. We will be there having a blast. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, this particular episode stems from something that is actually coming up here very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we are ending January. From panic to madness. <laughs> yes, we are looking ahead to the month of March because for the third year, we are going to be doing and putting together our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Uh-huh. And we have a lot of, again, treasure troves of stuff to go over and then. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. There's a lot of things that we're not going to talk about that's going to enrage you. <laughs> uh, but this particular episode stems from... From our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament as our very first year we put it together, this particular film went all the way, it, it, took it all. It, it actually had a dream and it made mm. that dream a nightmare and that nightmare was the to championship. Win. 
So f- this has been a kind of a long time coming because we actually said, you know, any film that wins is one that we will do a commentary track for. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, in our best of all possible worlds, we would have done this with Chris, Regina, Dustin, all you guys, Megan. We know you are all next level. Yeah. Dream Warrior fans. Yeah. But check that them out. That goes without the saying, you know. The men behind the mask and Red Vixen photography and like Matt's masterpieces. So make sure you check them out. And yeah, shout Again, out to you guys. Again, making sure we're supporting local mm-hmm. when we can. Kind of our whole uh, podcast um, um, resolution, and, if you will. And the YouTube channel. And yeah, check them all out. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good it stuff. is good stuff. But this is when we were kind of we were a little bit giddy beforehand because this has been a while since we've watched a film like <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it's been in my and I'm ready for Freddy. <laughs> it's like we said, we've been a minute and, I'm, and the puns begin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And maybe this is our time we can go into more depth and detail about how you do the Freddy. Yeah, there we go. Do the Freddy. Uh, but we are going to be utilizing just a standard DVD and with our commentary tracks. And we know you got the movie. We know you're, any any horror fan with the with their salt has Dream Warriors. Blu-ray, VHS, Laserdisc. Like fucking in YouTube, not YouTube, uh, Netflix probably has I'm it. sure it is streaming yeah, somewhere. Yeah, they're streaming somewhere. So. And we do, now here's it's the thing. Dream Warriors. It is the Dream Warriors. We do a Lethal Weapon style countdown. Now we have the screen set at this point. It's entirely black. It is right before the new line logo comes up. Flashes. Yeah. So make sure to get there. Hit pause. So and we're all starting at the same spot. And also, again, we have no affiliation with any of them. I'll say it again. So we have no affiliation with any new line, Freddy, anybody who's had any dreams, anybody with nightmares. We, you know, we're nightmare junkhead. That's about it. <laughs> we're dream fans, not dream warriors. Yeah, exactly. So let's get everything queued up here. Now, again, we're going to go three. Two, two, one, and then we're going to play. Play. Right. So line up everything. Uh, we are uh, in for a treat. Yes. From the bat. Uh, you know, get your hypnosil ready because we're going to stay awake all night long. Yeah. And we'll talk about more about it in because we're going to, yeah, we're going to get some puppetry going on. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't even begin to, wait uh. to talk about that. So let's go ahead and start dreaming. The countdown begins. Three, two, one, play. And welcome back to yet as we bathe in that familiar red glow of the New Line Cinema logo, welcome mm-hmm. to yet another Nightmare Junkhead fan commentary track. Sleep, those little slices of death, how I load them. Now, when you open up with a quote from Poe, yeah. does that make you pretentious, or does that make you cool and hip? I think it makes you cool and hip. You may, it makes you a smart egg. That's what it makes you. Because <laughs> you know there are some horror fans out there like, boo. I like it. I not and it's not overused. It was just a small one. If it, it's either that or like in the beginning, nineteen whatever, whatever. But and was was Poe like the craven of his day, kind of the instigator? Yeah. Now talking gonna, about dreams and death and shit. I'm gonna say this. This is probably one of the rare horror films that actually opens up with a kind of a how to with the cooking scene of like paper mache, like, right? Oh, you know what? She makes this kind of like, it's one of those how-to videos you see on YouTube. I thought it was initially. I was like, oh, cool. This is like the horror, you know, style paper mache. I remember going into this, seeing this at the theater, and we'll go way more into that at Indian Springs, and just watching this and thinking, you know what? That's a cool craft to do. You know? I would like to make that All of a sudden, I enrolled in that home ec course. Right. To make some paper mache. Well, you you mentioned it before. Um, What was your initial introduction to this particular? 
particular film. Indian Springs. Special shout out to John Saxon. Yep. Oh, there's going to be a lot. Dick Cavett, Josh Agabor. You know, there's like all sorts. Green Acres is the place. And you have to be of a certain age. Even in <laughs> 1987 when this came out. Yeah. To really appreciate that and go, wait, Zaza Gabor is in Dream Warriors? <laughs> this is a Nightmare on Elm Street film, right? Right. But this is the Nightmare on Elm Street film that, for the most part, was kind of the the kickstart the franchise needed because we'll go into part two eventually. Right. But you, and you've talked about Indian Springs before. That's your mall. Uh-huh. This was, this was such a fucking great magical movie. This, by far, is my favorite of the franchise. And that's and the I other think thing. it's a lot of people's favorite. It, it really kind of, and for me, kind of goes between three, one, and I'll be honest, I really do love part two. Um, but no, this is the one that for many people, like you said, that is their absolute favorite. It's where they got everything right about mm-hmm. the series. It's it's Freddy. He's still menacing, but he's just at that point where he becomes funny. And then, then it goes... And they're even able to kind of expand what was established in the original yeah. film. <clears throat> and keep it going. Now, speaking of home ec, another thing. This is gnarly as shit. I have never done this, and I am glad that we... I'm glad we're not watching this with Abby right That's now. That's what I was about to say. I'm glad this is not, not going to be a Monday Mystery Movie Night, because you know that shit's going to happen. They're gonna Either they're going to come down, bring us some, like Coke and fucking Folgers crystals, and then fucking paper mache. Fuck all that noise. I'll do the paper mache, but nah. that no. Well, I am drinking Coca-Cola, so all right. I, can, I got some hazelnut coffee upstairs. We oh, can that's make even this worse, happen. dude. I fucking hate hazelnut. Uh, directed by Chuck Russell, yes. uh, who was well represented in the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournaments. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this film was the winner of our very uh, the very first tournament that we put together. And then written by Frank Darabont. Which, man, you want to talk about... Like reverse engineering some class into your genre film, mm-hmm. and let's let's face it, this is a horror film. This is really, for the most part, movies that made money that many other companies really like. Paramount they wanted to do. Everybody had well, their... and they hated they hated the fact that Friday the Thirteenth made so much money. But New Line kind of embraced it. It's the New Line is the house that Freddy built. They totally said yes. Freddy makes us money. We and totally and Freddy's one of us. Google gobble. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always kind of dug about New Line was you could find some genuine gems in there. In fact, <laughs> if you want to be a nerds of nostalgia completist. We haven't finished the new world. Nope. We still got one that we started we, we, from we like way got, back in the day. One of these days. One of these days. I mean, you have to be one of the original Dirty Dozen to mm-hmm. know that. Now, we've gone this far into the commentary track, and we have not mentioned the fact that we have one like just awesome actor in this film and her feature film debut, mm-hmm. Patricia Arquette. Arquette. Yeah. How many people, like, and genuine Hollywood stars get their starts in genre films like this. Well, and and I love how it all stems from horror. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like Johnny Depp and like... Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Brecken Meyer. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. All There's so many horror. people, and some of them embrace it, and I love the people that do embrace it. Yeah. Because there's nothing to be ashamed of, and especially... In a film like this, mm-hmm. I'm sure when they were shooting this, they're like, oh, it's a freaking sequel to some slasher movie. Well, but, you know, little you were, did they know. If you need, even if you were in, like, bikini tit slicerama, you should be like. Oh, I saw that, uh, the sequel. It's not bad. Right? You should be like, you know, like, yeah, I just got my start in horror. You know what I'm saying? You made it, you made movies. 
And this is a genuinely good horror. And even even outside of... And this is creepy because you know what? Fuck all those like singing kids and stuff. I mean... <laughs> well, it feeds into the fear of the killer kid genre. Like Step late. At this point, Nine, the killer kids... Ten. Never sleep. Fuck. That it, is iconic itself. I So I had a chance to host a Never Sleep Again marathon where we marathoned the entire series at the Draft House. And... I started the entire thing with us saying like a little protection spell where I said one, two, and then I had the crowd say the rest of it. So it was a little call and response. It was awesome because let me tell you something. You have never seen the weirdest like rise and fall of a franchise than watching all of those films in order. Yeah. Because I, by the time you get to three, like you've said, this is for a lot of people. Do you think this peak. is the top of the mountain? I, in terms of quality, yes. In terms of popularity, I do think Part Four. I think it maybe earned even more money. I like and Part I think Four. It, oh, I, love I like it. Part Five. Part. Oh no, we're definitely. Yeah, uh, we'll. Uh, we. Yeah, we might go to bat for that into the mouth of March Madness because Part Possibly. Five is celebrating its thirtieth anniversary. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. A Part Five of a series it's is 30, thirty years old. Holy shit. It's it's incredible, and at, that was at the point though they were really churning those things out at a high volume. Yeah, where they had like the poster put out before they even had a script, but the, and trailers. But then again, yes. you ha- part you, four has one of my favorite trailers because it's, it's nothing but clips of parts one through three, and then it's the Dream Master, right? First of all, furnaces are scary in itself. Then you got toddlers and tiaras down there where he doesn't belong. That is creepy. Well, and then was that that uh oh. Freddy's, Freddy's home. home. Shit. Now, let me ask you this. Do you remember at your theater, was it a, were they cheering at all when Freddy showed up? Mm-mm. Or were you sh- were you cheering or were you scared? We were like, everybody was like just engrossed because he's coming in the shadows and we know some ill shit. We don't know how funny it's going to be. And no, it starts out creepy and scary. There's and, some genuine scares. Oh, there's some great scares. In fact, here, and obviously we get a, like a an callback to the original. To the, I hate that shit. I, that's up the stairs is one like that was one of my fears and something like that. But then boom. you got Freddy. And you see, it's Freddy. It's and nobody Freddy's else doing that Freddy. like Matthias Hughes from "I Come in Peace" thing out of the exploding car mm-hmm. from around the corner. That's just for it. It's frightening because, as you said, parts one and parts two, Freddy was still scary. Yeah, he was not cracking. He's wise. still scary in, in this one right now. Well, and I'll argue that I think for a lot of people, this is the best one because it balances mm-hmm. that mixture of horror and scares. And look at all that. That's a. That, oh, that's hor- that's horrifying. Now, uh. apparently, uh, FX legend Mark Showstrom put together a little deceased baby that was too realistic for the producers, <laughs> and they switched it out to that thing there. Well, there's a lot of oops. We shouldn't show this on this movie. <laughs> you know, we'll get to the giant worm later. But oh, yeah. The- there's a lot of like, ooh. Well, you know what? Those little dolls like that, they remind me of those American girls or those real mean dolls. Oh, those brat so dolls or whatever. Creepy. Yeah. Is there an untapped? Now, this is... This is fucked up, too. This is almost poltergeisty and primal fear things of of, uh, creatures coming at your sink and grabbing you. Oh, absolutely. And then, uh, you know, not even, you know, discounting the fact that it puts into the whole teenage suicide, Mm -hmm. don't do it angle. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this was like... this is a whole metaphor for that. And it plays on it perfectly throughout the film to the point... And this is just in and of itself terrifying... Like, they're playing perfectly in the dream realm where weird stuff happens, 
But then when you come back to reality, it looks exactly like, a, like a, that, a like a suicide attempt. attempt. And that, that's and how that's a, a angle that Freddie never used before. The and the fears going on at the time, and it's a genuine fear too. I mean, again, look back to to Heather's. And hey, here is Larry. Don't call him Lawrence Fishburne. He is Cowboy Curtis. He can be Cowboy Morpheus, but he's still Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> and he is paired up with not quite Bill Maher there. <laughs> Will which, Maher. <laughs> Will, William Maher. <laughs> Less offense. <laughs> and again, another great character actor really establishing themselves in cool little genre films. Mm-hmm. Because from here, you know, obviously. <laughs> he, he's got the card. He's like, do you want the red pill or well, the, the blue pill? <laughs> <laughs> Morpheus was off to an auspicious start there before he got into hacking. Mm-hmm. And then we meet our cast of characters, yes. which in normal slashers, they would be fodder. But in this one, you care about them. Yes, and that's why I think this particular sequel elevates itself from all the other the sequels in this franchise and the, other franchises. These aren't just horny teens out fucking around in these, the woods. These are these damaged are, teens. These are kids that need help. These are teens and archetypes that you could probably identify with. Mm-hmm. when you. Because let's face this, this is a rated R film, but how old were you in 87 when this came out? Like 11? <laughs> like 10, 11? Awesome. So... I always think about every now and again, I'll see young kids at certain screenings. and I'm like, oh, I don't know if they should be here for that. But then, it, I then think, you got to remember, dude, another time, another, another place. place. You know what I'm saying? And so we're bringing it back. We're we're nightmare junk and nerds <laughs> and nostalgia, you know? Well, then I realized like, no. And in fact, actually, our last um, Christmas with the nerds, horror, uh, not horror marathon, but marathon we put on. There was a youngster in the audience. And he's the one that knew all the Always Sunny references. And he's with his dad. And I was like, no, that's totally cool. Because that's like a bonding moment they get to have. <laughs> and that's the one thing I think you, you ultimately bond with the characters in this film. And then you have like, the, the nurse ratchet. Dean, but the crusty, yeah, the crusty nurse. She is. She's a total nurse ratchet at this point. And that's the other thing. When you establish a film like this, you're going to then go, well, who's the DeVito character? Mm-hmm. You know, um, who's the who's the side villain? Yeah, but indeed, but it also it just adds so much more pathos to them because, like you said, the one thing in part three is I really do care for the yeah. characters in here. When they die, it hurts. It's it's like, sad. A part there's of you, some... their soul goes to Freddy, but it also comes out of me as well. Right, because you, you deeply, deeply do, and you don't want to see them horrible things. The puppet scene, for example, we'll oh. get to that one. That's a heart wrenching scene. That that's is. a rough oh. one. And even that's to a, this day, and that's another scary one that freaked me yeah. out. Now. The first time I saw this was at my aunt's house. I think I was probably watching like Cinemax or Showtime. It wasn't on HBO. I had HBO. Mm-hmm. My aunt had Cinemax and Showtime. And I was watching now. And then I you're like, Nancy. And I was like, oh, my, exactly. And I I'm lost, like, oh. That is one of my favorite character reintroductions into a franchise. Yeah. It's so epic. She finishes the poem. She de-escalates the situation. And the thing about it is, once again, being elevated, it's not cheap. It's not no, played for like, we brought her back. Uh, 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 you Chuck know what Russell I'm isn't nudging you in the elbows. Right. She is definitely like, I'm going to finish what I fucking started. And she comes back full on rogue <laughs> with, the, with the, the white and the hair. Being rad. And the fact that she's already been mentioned as this like hotshot grad student that is doing all this rad research in like dream work, which mm-hmm. is of course it's perfect, right? Exactly. Like, if, what other thing would she be in there with? And now, even even like the exposition that they're going through now, giving you a little bit of like a breakdown of the characters, it's it's really it works. It's earned because you need to be filled in, as does she. Yeah. 
but it kind of happens naturally. She's got the body and the brain. You know, she can beat a lot of ass when need to be. And that's the great thing about Nancy. She she's a survivor. When she when we first meet oh. her, when we first meet her, she's a timid young teenager. When she and, said, "I had some experience," I remember as a kid going, "I think I even <laughs> said out loud." <laughs> yeah, she has. Yeah, like, like that would have been my elbow nudge if I had had friends watching this with me. And to this day, she still takes Hypnosil. And this is actually the introduction of Hypnosil to yeah. this to the franchise that. That continued into like Freddy versus Jason. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that in this film, I think we talked about a little, but truly expands like the entire mythology yeah. of Freddy of Spring of Springfield. I mean, it's just, is it Springwood or Springfield? Springwood. Springwood okay, <laughs> that's the different Springfield. The, the, uh, that's the the Willie version. Maurice, you die. <laughs> you master the dead tongue. <laughs> and this is also the film that does introduce like Christian mythology, right? And the son of a thousand maniacs. And that the whole... again, it really expands <clears throat> upon it. And I get. I don't know when we should talk about our you know love of part two because we do love it. But part two for a lot of people was just the redheaded stepchild of the franchise. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the one that kind of deters from what they did in the original, which I actually enjoy for Me the most too. part. I think this is like, for some people, a course correction. It completely a course correction because you delve back entirely into the dream world. Mm -hmm. You know, Freddy doesn't really exist outside of it. You ha Yeah, which was... Unless oh. he's Harry Howes in it. <laughs> yeah, with banjo dogs. Now here, okay, Philip as you would also know as eyeball chambers in uh stand by me as one of the street toughs ah. <clears throat> and as and this is what's kind of crazy is he's almost like our janet lee because he was actually writing high from stand by me so for a lot of people like oh that's that one guy from stand by me he's gonna ride out till the very end yeah and also Chekhov's puppet <laughs> yeah immediately immediately and you know that's the cruelty of freddie that he uses that he uses what we you love. like to get you and on your primal fears turning it against you ah Kincaid Kincaid not only is a badass character but he's badass in real life too have you had a chance to meet him at Crypticon yeah he was really fucking cool and he donates all of his stuff that he makes on this to charity oh that's rad yeah he's just a super nice dude and also he's a uh shows up in a podcast fave it's always sunny in philadelphia he's it's in the restaurant episode uh, he is one of the guys that detox to and he's like some shit's going down and he starts flagging the way that's kincaid no shit yeah well, I know what I'm watching later. <laughs> Make a Kincaid double feature. And then here we got Joey. And this is actually not the first commentary track we've done with Joey because he shows up in an unspeaking ha huh, in, a, in, a, in a wordless cameo <laughs> in uh, the holiday classic Chopping Mall. Oh, He's the kid yeah. that's shoplifting stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, he did time after that, and that's actually where the that's teardrop where, came That's what out. happens. And then they had the nurse, and then you have a side villain number two. <laughs> Andalay. Yeah, God. that she's always plays the annoying mom. She's so good at being the annoying mom. Just like she wants to speak to the manager. You're in line. She's got all these coupons. She's like, hurry up with my fish fillet. You know, she's just like, ugh. That's ugh. without tartar sauce. Ugh. You gotta ugh. make it special. She's gross. Well, and it's technically, and that's one of the things also that with the Nightmare series that it's always a constant. It's like parents don't understand. The authority yeah. doesn't understand. Right. There's always that. And they don't want to understand. No, you know, especially with a lot of them in denial. Mm -hmm. The fact that there is that just that Kruger 
is he kind of him in the dream world. He's basically like a dreamlike manifestation of all their guilt. Yeah. Through everything that occurred, through the, the actual manifestation, through the fact that, that, you know, exactly. And that's what I always liked with the new nightmare, because mm-hmm. I think that yeah. kind of represented that a little bit more. And that was actually the kind of fascinating thing at the Never Sleep Again Marathon is to see because that film kind of rejuvenated the series when Wes came back Another for that. course correction. And it was kind of his first run at like Scream for yeah. the most part. And I like the fact that she's now she's like, wait a minute. I know that house. Mm-hmm. It's like and again, that weird connection you get as being an Elm Street kid. And then the ominous music, the theme. Mm-hmm. The Angelo Badalamente did the score, and there's actual a connection to um, uh, to uh, David Lynch. Would you like to do my? I, I would like to do. What night- about not sleeping, Freddy? David Lynch's Freddy Krueger. You won't know what's coming. Are you ready for avant-garde, bitch? They're like drinking coffee, damn good coffee. <laughs> and, and now again, hypnosis. And man. In 1987, he's doing some like deep computer work. Yeah, that's some deep web shit for 87, man. That truly is. <laughs> I mean, you had to be a doctor to actually have access to that kind of stuff. So good on Chuck Russell and all of them and Darabont putting that together. But also, it does bestow this seed of doubt that it is still, you know, on and then testing stage. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a legit thing. This is something that is still, it's not approved. So you, the young hot grad student, has a past. Uh oh, and she's just just throwing out the signals like f- ill shit. This house is not good. Oh no, it is not a house of love by any means. Mm-mm. I would like to say this: Patricia Arquette in her performance in True Romance as Alabama. I always thought that would be such a perfect performance of the character of Tulip from the Preacher comics. Yeah. I always thought she would make a great tulip. She would make a great tulip. And her Kirsten, Kirsten in this movie is great as well. In fact, that's a lot of people. I don't <laughs> think. Play a game. <laughs> <laughs> you got your yeah. This is where the peanut and the the cho- peanut butter and chocolate sometimes don't mix all that too well. <laughs> that's like raisins and uh, coconut. It's like, come on, man, Ew. come on. We're either doing a chunky or an almond joy. We can't See, do both. That's crazy. Just just melt. Well, that's always been a constant throughout the series, though. Things melting and things and, are... You know, and we're not as sweaty as we were in part two, because good <laughs> freaking Lord, man. We're not playing probe. It, <laughs> and again, <laughs> we love that film. Now, I don't know if I would go in that house. That house... Even in a dream? Uh-uh. It's crazy. Yeah. This always freaked me out. This is actually a real rotting pig mm. that they had to pull straws for to see who would actually work. Be the puppet. Ugh. Because it's fun. And let's also, I don't think we've had a chance to talk about Kevin Yeager's work yet because we're going to see it here pretty quickly. In, full, in a full display. And what's great with this film is not only do we get classic Freddy as we saw him in the first two films. Mm-hmm. But we give you scary, scary. Put you away from ham for a little while. Yeah, you know luau's tonight. <laughs> no, 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 no. But here you get almost like multiple forms of Freddy. You get Freddy again. Freddy expanded. Yeah, like Freddy as he truly He's could be in, in your a, dream, and he can do dreamlike shit. And you know, ultimately, that's what I think you need to do with a sequel. And I think ultimately that why this one is looked upon so fondly. And this set piece here. This is something that is frightening. This was actually you. If I've got my Fangoria magazine right over there with part yeah. three, but this is one of those Im- images that you would see, and you're like, "Wow, they've really upped the game here." Now, 
in the theater when this happened, there was gasps. Were there? Yeah. Was it at the point when she comes up? Yeah. When you get that first reveal? And this is, like I said, this is a true set piece. This is... This is something that you build your budget around, mm-hmm. especially if you're an FX like, people. We got to do this, this. Yes, and look Boom. at her little her pro wrestling fall as she folded her arms, po- and then just Freddie, P- you see like, <gasps> whoa! And apparently they shot that backwards, which works totally. But this is where you get Kevin Yeager's work, FX maestro legend Kevin Yeager. Now this part when she falls in a dream Freaky. freaked me the fuck out. This one, I was like, oh, shit, that's weird. And this is also where we get introduction to your dream powers. And mm-hmm. in this case, this is where Kristen can yeah, pull people into her out. dream. That's, and it's such a well-done shot. Mm-hmm. Now. <laughs> so when they when they first did it. Oh. Now, oh, I love this when he turns around. You. Uh-huh. He's like the oh one that got God. away. Yes. It's like. It's such a great look, and it's that recognition. You. Yes. It's when it's when in Conan, when the the henchmen come in and they see Conan, and he flexes on him, and he's like, oh, you. "You." He's it's, like, "I'm getting this one." But it shows. It's it's the the shit just got real moment, basically mm-hmm. in horror. Well, what's funny is when they were first making that, and the worm came out because they're like, "Why doesn't it look more like Freddy?" It's got that green bluish tint. When they did it, it looked like a big old dick. So it was they were like, uh, "I was we, just gonna say phallic," but we, you know, <laughs> they're like, uh, "We need to like change the color so we can like looks more like." Something not so like so phallic, so which is quite funny because ultimately, when you look at it, I mean, it just screams, yeah. Uh, but but again, Freddie taking that shape, Freddie now doing being able to do weird, dreamlike things that he never did in the first film. Mm-hmm. We now know this is truly a sequel that has upped the game, yeah. He has more powers. Oh, yeah, no, this is this truly taps into the whole idea of what you could do within a dream mm-hmm. to the point that the whole kind of hook, obviously, is the dream warriors, yeah. And then to find that that you can do things with powers, did you ever try? Like, oh, uh, before I would go to bed, I would try to summon like, and it's really funny. My dream power, because I've actually had the dream multiple times, Mm -hmm. is um, I'm actually an elemental so I can control the weather. And ultimately, the dreams that I have when I'm an elemental, I had one where I was like fighting vampires. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I would do is I would take a wooden stake. I'd throw it in the air. And then with my wind power, like a (sighs) like a wizard master. I would, you know, the stake would go into the vampire. Yeah. It was pretty rad. Now, out of all the powers, the wizard was my favorite. Of course. Well, we, of course we identified with the wizard master. But now we see more of the characters. And oh. now we get a little. And I like the way they they introduce the characters naturally, adding to their adding to their um, stories and caring about them. And Jennifer Rubin also showing up uh, in the same year with Bad Dreams. She's beautiful and bad. Uh, she was all over horror genre. In fact, uh, professional ghoul Richard Lynch is in Bad Dreams. <laughs> Only thing missing. Um, obviously, and again, we get her um, Hollywood aspirations, which obviously, again, Freddie being cruel She's with his punishment there. She's going to be on there. TV. The yep. lifestyle of... <laughs> and now that's... Oh, Talking again. shit. Well, yeah, of course. Kincaid always just, you know, stirring the pot. But that's his great. And of course, Joey and his whole thing is he just doesn't talk right now. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is so traumatized by everything that has happened. And then obviously, though, the fact that there is that shared connection. And now they have an adult who normally wouldn't listen. Has that. No, I know exactly what you've gone exactly. through. Exactly. They're like, now nobody knows listen. But now they're like, look. 
And like, I believe you. And that's an important thing to hear. Oh, and indeed. And the fact that, listen, you have constantly told us it's not real. That it is like this mass hypnosis hallucination thing. And However, somebody's saying like, no, that's bullshit. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that it is a true danger. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that it has is, is killed and it's going to kill and it's going to kill again. And that's kind of the scariness of Freddy. And that's the thing. In 87, at this point, we talked about kind of them finding the balance of, of uh, you know, scares and, and comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's done really well with this movie because after this, they just the comedy aspect kept escalating while the horror content would de-escalate and go down. If you looked at the pie chart, yeah. you know, they're going in totally different ways. The Venn diagram is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And listen... Of course, we're all going to identify with these people because they're playing D and D. Exactly, magic missile, and like, and then there's the bad, the bad street tough girl. She's like, uh, nah, "This is stupid." And the no, fact it's not, that it's cool. He makes them stay in character when you know giving their spells and what have you. It's great. That's like something a true nerdy DM or mm-hmm. wizard, a WM, I guess. They didn't want to get uh, Gary Gygax all over them. <laughs> I'm going to throw a suing throw <laughs> plus twenty. And you get, I love that you get just, he's just cool. Yeah, he's just a guy, and he genuinely cares for the kids. Yeah. Which ultimately is why, like I said, the fact that we are, let's see here, how many minutes in? We're about 26 minutes in, and we haven't really had a kill. It's all story building. And And I think we're all the better for it because it makes the pathos that much more with the characters. Oh, absolutely. In fact, this is now our really our first night with the kids. Mm -hmm. So this many minutes in. As a horror fan, you're waiting. You know something probably bad is going to happen. Some ill shit's about to go down, and you're ready for it. Man, alive! Oh yeah, does you are. It, is the first kill a gnarly one? Well, and that's the beauty of this film, and I think why so many people like it. Not only are the characters, but the kills. Mm-hmm. There are some of the most iconic kills in this film. I would, you know, and if you wanted to do like top five, I could easily put two, and I'm talking the entire franchise, I could put two of these easily in my top five. Yeah. Like just iconic, nasty. Yeah. Showing off the true effects, the good, the practical effects that you would get. And I know, I think I know what two kills you're talking about. Oh, I am anything if practical and predictable, my friend. Okay. (laughs) There's something to be said for that. Now, also the fact that they're talking about the her her mom, who they say now died in her sleep. Now, if you go back to that original. That's a messed up scene oh, when horrible. he pulls her through the peephole. Oh, yeah. I was actually thinking of when she's like her charred skeleton is like sinking into the bed and the hand comes up. Oh, I, I the, the ending of that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> it's so messed up. And available. God damn. It's, it's shocking. It, well, of course. Well, it was, and they wanted to make sure they had an opening into a sequel and a, and a possible franchise because mm-hmm. it was so funny because Wes Craven originally did not intend Freddy to be something that lived on. It was a one and done. Yeah. But I, I think we're better for it. You oh, know? yeah. No, don't get Again, there's a reason. Sorry there. But it, like, wow, I think they're right. Too many sequels. But no, I mean, there's a reason that, you know, Freddy Krueger is on the Mount Rushmore of horror. And, you know, beyond, you know, the 80s. I mean, Freddy is recognized worldwide. He's Mickey Mouse. I mean, like, if you show pictures of Icon, everybody knows Freddy Krueger. People that do not speak English will no, see Freddy a picture Kruger. of Freddy Oh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That's Freddy Krueger. Freddy, Freddy-san. What have you? Nightmare-san. <laughs> it's, and that, but and it's so weird because we were joking that Freddy started as this horrendous child killer, 
And now he's a little plush little thing that you can put beside your child. Mm-hmm. Warding S- off those bad dreams. Sing lullabies. Do the Freddy. Go back to our What's the Score episode where we did indeed listen to a little Do the Freddy. See, this is fucked up and cool. This scared me, but I thought it was the coolest shit because it's like old school Harryhausen. Well, and it, it's with- an amazing two-part kind of kill mm-hmm. because it does, get, like you said, right here, that little transformation, it, right nowadays... CGI. CGI, but there it's real. And that also for and his little turn and look. Oh, uh, this is still when Freddy was scary, right? All of these moments here build up. So that right there, you're like, yeah. uh huh. Especially because he's like little creep, and then he just yes. kind of like the anti nos uh, anti Nosferatu. Mm-hmm. And again, the way they're able to tie this into his sleepwalking. Which has already been talked about. Which has been established because he said they call me the walker. This is long before the walking Texas dead. Ring- yeah. And the <laughs> Texas Ranger. But this is fucked up to use his own veins and his own love of puppetry to make <sighs> him. And the way he's walking, it he looks. He sells it. Yeah. As like that is the most gnarly, nasty thing. You're walking against your will with these tendons. Yes, your own tendons being pulled. And poor Kincaid. Is so accustomed to him sleepwalking that it's nothing. So and it's, I think it's, a, it's that sound that on top of this is truly when you again the dream oh. elements of what's happening. This goes beyond what you got in the first and second film. Yeah, this would be a, a, a walking nightmare. And look, just out of the feet, ah, oh, oh. oh. top notch effects work by Kevin Yeager. Mm-hmm. They did it back in the day. It was gooey. It was gory. It left a stain. <laughs> and now this is actually some digital effect work, 87, that again would be CGI at this point. Yeah. And then sadly, we have the end. The one person who sees can't, can't communicate. Talk. And that's when you get, I actually like the little increase on the score here. It actually works for me. And I'll tell you this, though. Joey is uh, getting that, that, that kind of that, that's that ultimate that surge uh, strength there yeah to pick him up and like let's go let's go let's go but when it was so messed up because you don't want to see anybody go like this everybody's trying their best to say hey look please help us out what's going on and nobody wants to listen nobody wants to understand again playing on the fears of just being a teen and running down the hall like help 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 I want this is and then finally to see your friend just go like that in front of you uh we're it sounds like we're skipping uh it's that that Ooh. and that gleeful cut as he just ah uh, Man, that is a mean kill. We are talking about iconic kills, and I think that is definitely, for me, one of the iconic kills that comes out of this. Because it's just a mean, messed up kill. And then back to group meeting. Well, how does that make you feel? How the fuck do you think that makes us feel? Oh, 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 oh sorry, sorry. I fell asleep there. Um, ne- I, never sleep again. I, felt, I had a dream I was going to the restroom. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, that is that's definitely one that is in my top five without a doubt. Uh, but again, 
I really I apologize for the I don't know if you've covered this, but the fact that they're actually talking about this decompressing yeah. and dealing with that something you very rarely get to see people actually processing and trying to figure out the carnage the passing of it and yeah normally once this kind of stuff starts like in a friday the 13th film it all happens over like one night and he's saying he was wide awake the whole time oh it's so it's, scary uh... and they they mention the whole fact that and this is and it's always you know a tough subject but the you know the subject of suicide and you know, there's that initial he let us down they were weak and then that's what makes it so much worse, the fact that it wasn't a suicide. Mm-hmm. Like, even Freddy in death, the way he kills these kids, he dishonors their memories by making it look like something it wasn't. Like, that's how yeah. evil Freddy is in this film. And like I said, in part four, when he does get a little bit more Hollywoodized. More and, silly. Yeah, something yeah. for the for the genuine general, general public. The MTV crowd. As they said, As soon yeah. as he puts on the glasses. Yeah, no, it's and I don't get me wrong. I love part I like four, it too. But part but, three still plays on the nastiness of Freddy, mm-hmm. and that's something that you know, like I said, you really don't get in the ensuing sequels. But it's still, I'm not saying fun, but it deals with this a lot of deep subjects in a horror manner. But you're still having a good time with it, you yeah, know. Well, right now, I mean, you're invested, we're, and we're we're concerned for Kincaid at this point, yeah, because we know what happens when they're put under. Man, they're 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 vulnerable. And this is where I learned about REM sleep. Right? right? You know what? Say what you will about horror films. Horror is educational. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the more you know. And this actually what I really think what's interesting with the nurse character at this point is she does, she is genuinely concerned about the kids as well. Mm-hmm. However, she just goes about it in a... She doesn't necessarily understand as Nancy does, as soon Will Marr does, that you know there is something beyond... <laughs> The the reasonable, you know, there's something that goes against something your more. logic. Mm-hmm. You can't rationalize this. This does not fit into an equation. This isn't in your textbook. No, no, yeah, this is this uh, Freddie. You just again, it, and it can, and what's what's interesting with Freddie, and like they said, you know, every town has an Elm Street. Is every town will have a Freddie. Mm-hmm. Every town will have a Michael. Every town will have an Angela. You know, you're there's always going to be that boogeyman. Yeah. That exist something that you tell kids to get and you gonna dream no more. So when I saw this in the theater um, during the Never Sleep Again marathon, there's a guy sitting two rows, two seats down for me, but he was silently under his breath singing along with this one. And I could tell there was such a connection during that moment that I was just it made me happy. And I'm like, I just kind of got to experience that. I'm like, like shh, shh. I would I didn't do that, though, because it was just such a nice moment. You know, it was so rad now. This is. I was gonna the, say, is this the other one? Because this yeah, is this for me is. too. Well, and this is finally when really Freddie got really quippy. Yeah, this is. They say I think somebody did like a, a think piece that this exact moment is when he became funny. Yeah, you know? Freddie became Freddie. Yeah, where he's not the scary Freddy Krueger from the original. He's now Freddy Krueger for the masses. But the last two times we've seen him, they're genuinely uh, terrifying, God, horrible, horrible. But also, if you think about again in terms of taking what you love turning it on in, on your into your head basically uh-huh. you know in this case and also the very real thing of her but i think nope. they're watching critters in the background the tv that they're watching yeah. i think it's critters it is it it's is totally critters it's critters billy zane is uh working it, his way on the daughter yeah. there yes not critters too mind you but the original critters yep which has always been a podcast favorite <laughs> now 
you can't have <laughs> you have to have some creepy public servant whether it be a creepy uh mortician or a creepy like orderly a buck if you will mm-hmm. there's always that person that is going to pervert their their authority and do gnarly things like this and that's the thing and again that is why you they take the time to do this to number one show what their eventual weakness and everything is going to be but it's also crux is. but it's also showing strength because he's like come on come on and she's like no I'm clean I don't do that shit no more and he goes no you yeah whatever so and, and again why everything is so much more tragic mm-hmm. ultimately with these characters we're taking the time that when Phil dies we're all we're all feeling it yeah and especially with these characters because we are allowed to grow more with them in fact you know his is kind of the Janet Lee's death the oh I thought I was gonna get more time with him but nope I'm not. And again, the thing with Jennifer regarding the issues here with the the burning herself, uh-huh. oh, so harsh and horrible, man. Yeah. Again, the self-harming that goes along with this, again, when that goes into the whole suicide and angle. Sometimes doing anything to stay awake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, again, think about where um, the whole thing stemmed from was an actual journal article and a medical thing. So, the you know, the whole premise of A Nightmare on Elm Street comes from a real-world inspiration. But this year... That whole idea, just anything to stay awake. Oh, it's insane. But ultimately, as we see, it's still not enough. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how much. And that's the scariest thing with Fred. Hey! That was the burbs. No, that wasn't. That was um, um, Alone in, not Alone in the Dark. Yeah, Alone in the Dark. Uh, and then we have Zsa Zsa Gabor. Oh, yes. And with Dick, Dick Cavett. Cavett. And again... There's probably a younger audience of our listenership that are like, who? Yeah, just check Hughes and Beetlejuice, kids. Ask your parents, ask your grandparents about that particular one. And that is so freaking funny when, like, Zaja Gabor was still on the circuit like that. And ultimately, you know what it was? Who gives a fuck what you... That's so funny. But apparently, Dick Cavett was given the choice of who he wanted to kill on screen. <laughs> he and he said Zaja Gabor. I know. Now... Again, let us say, <laughs> Freddy is going to take what you love and turn it against you. And even coming out of the scrambled, like, part it's, of me, I was kind of trained. I was like, oh, I saw boobs. Scram- <laughs> yeah, you look always looking for boobs even in the snow. Like so Neo, Neo reading the Matrix and code, you know, when I finally get to see, when I can finally see through scrambled stuff, that's like what I see. It's yeah. really sad. But it's, now, like a, it's a schooner. And that <laughs> is such a good jump scare. Uh-huh. And then even the mechanical work and this whole bit when you get the the vacuum seal is what did it now. Of course, here is Welcome to Primetime Bitch. And thus this like you said, Freddy is Freddy is born. Freddy is now he's now on the Mount Rushmore. From here on, anything he does is just to the legacy. Mm Mm-hmm. And see that's like, oh, it was a suicide. How? I mean they're like You know what I'm saying? Uh, and he played it pretty well with most of the people beforehand, just regarding um, making it look plausible as a mm-hmm. suicide. And that's the one I think ultimately, like, he's, you know, what is it? Uh, petard? What is the... Uh, Hoisted upon Hunt Petard? Indeed. <laughs> he got a little bit too on the nose. Right. And finally... And then now there's, there's the nun. And this, again... It deepens the mythology. It adds a Christian interesting view to the point, but it also really gives us the origin of Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And the, also the fact that it, 
that nun oh she's been dead for years oh tell him sister mary large marge sent you Spo- oh spoilers if this is your first go around yeah. watching this movie we've spoiled the shit out of it already well i do like to think with our commentary tracks you don't necessarily have to watch the movie along with us because we do keep it pretty conversational podcast style but yes we if you haven't ever watched this film do not watch our commentary track as your first time well see and that's a cool thing like somebody else saying hey there's some ill shit going down you need to listen again other people that of of the authority figures if you will but again mm-hmm. a man of of science science and faith you know they, they, versus that, faith that's it's your oil and water they don't mix i mean just look when what's great is like with prince of darkness when you try to like make them mix mm-hmm. you get the anti god you have bad dreams there we go Again, go <laughs> and you have bad dreams in this one. I'm from the future. <laughs> I actually. Then we actually now have their little bit of a growing relationship, but I'm actually surprised and very offended the fact that of, of an over and under of bad Freddy impressions at this point, we're almost like, you know, 40 minutes into a film and now and it's like <laughs> been null to none. I am just shocked, shocked. Well, now he's now he's more prevalent. Now it's he's running around. Now we can. <laughs> well, now he started quipping. Yeah. I so, mean, and so so do we. <laughs> he was silent on his first two little stockings there. Now he's announced himself like this is like his little coming out party. <laughs> this is his quinceanera. You know, this I'm is ready for prime time, bitch. His bar mitzvah. He's right. becoming a man. <laughs> he's got dreidels on his claws. Just spins them real fast instead of the fedora he's wearing a yarmulke (laughs) there we go come on now i could totally see well again what's funny with freddie like i said is the fact that he's a worldwide phenomenon he exists in other cultures and Mm -hmm. he fits within other cultures like i said he's kind of your classic boogeyman made they have turkish uh nightmare on elm street of course they have turkish nightmare on elm street Mm -hmm. which i'm probably sure plays like a (laughs) Like a Don Coscarelli fever dream of a nightmare yeah. on Elm Street. A nightmare. Just a nightmare. <laughs> Don Coscarelli fever nightmare. That and I. I <laughs> then breaks out into a weird. Well, and that's what's probably is they probably actually. And what's crazy is ultimately, you know, everyone is kind of winding down now. Like every time they meet with a group, you know, there's less and less people there, mm-hmm. which makes every time they meet with the group more and more poignant. You know, because at this point, you're like, oh, man, I hope they don't get the my favorite. N- numbers are dwindling. And then she comes out. Look, I know who's trying to kill you. Oh, and this is. Yeah, this is when you this is straight talk. Uh huh. This is breaking down that barrier. Like initially, like, like holy shit there. She's right. She does know what needs she's talking about. And imagine then being in their shoes. And this is what happens when someone now finally is like, like, get out of my head. Like, how do you know this? And it's- also, this is a good intro point for. um people coming into yeah, okay. into a good mythos like if you wanted to show someone freddy krueger i would show probably this one and that's what I, again speaks to why this film works for so many people and on so many different levels is for that reason exactly this is one of those rare films the third film in you could technically have them s- 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 
skip the first two. Right, and be introduced, right, jump right in the middle. This is the, You can be put in the deep end on this one. You really can because Nancy is our life preserver at mm-hmm. this point. We're getting exposition, but it's also deepening the, you know, the, the care these characters have for each other. Yeah. And also identifying as Nancy as a survivor. She's someone that went through and made it. And it's not relying on what happened in the past. It's just mentioning it and moving it forward to come up. Again, to be in its own new story with its own new mythos and doing it well. Yeah, like I said, and then she's saying, "Look, she has a gift," and she's like, "Oh shit, I didn't." So know yeah, not only that. not only do I understand that, but we're going to be able to do some really cool things in our dreams. Mm-hmm. And I actually I love the little device that they use to activate everything. The, a Newton's cradle. Yes. <laughs> hey, very good, very good. I knew I could rely on you to know the, the scientific <laughs> term on that one. But like you said, it does call upon that whole, what can you do in your dream? I mentioned my elemental powers. Did you ever have anything in particular? I would be the wizard master. You would be? I totally would. Now, would do you be magic spells and shit? better wizard master? Oh, fuck yeah, I would. I would totally be a better wizard master. I'd be doing all kinds of like, fight, you know, like like a wizard battle. It would be fucking rad. Cause I, and I don't want to call Will out, but because, you know, put on the spot, I would have probably like peed my robe and just would have made a mess. But man, oh, something like just, ghost wolves or shit, like a necromancer, you like know, he basically pulled some force lightning out and right. then just ran so right into him. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's what happens when he cuts off Luke's hands or Vader's hands. Then he gets the Freddy glove onto it. <laughs> uh, Darth Kruger. It works. It works. <laughs> Sleep again, you must not. Um, so uh, we're going to go a little edgy with the new Star Wars, and I thought I'd bring in Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. Mm. Don't fall asleep. Stop it now. Oh, <laughs> Lord. <laughs> well, you know, they tried to really insert Freddy uh, into any franchise they could. Might and, as well Star Wars and parodies and shit. And since Disney is basically taking over everything. <laughs> Did you ever try to do this? Make yourself fall asleep with one of those, like, uh, the no. new cradle, the pendulum? No. 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 I was too afraid. Yeah, I yeah, tried you, it. Really? Yeah. Even after watching this movie? Yeah. I was afraid like something like that would totally summon Freddy. Like I'd be susceptible to Freddy because of the very reaction to this. No, it's very actually calming. Very calming. I Having a pendulum. To, yeah. to the point where they think it failed, but oh, right. how subtle is it to fall asleep? And that's like what we talked about how even with Jennifer's character... She, you know, she burned herself to stay awake, but even for a microsecond, that's all that's it takes. That's all it took for Freddy to attack. And that's, the again, the frightening thing of Freddy. Mm-hmm. He's going to get you one way or the other. We just... And see, uh-oh. And a the young... baser instincts. A young joy, and I would just say that, I, you know... I ain't even mad. I mean, like... I mean, it's the 80s. No, around this time... I'll say in 87, I was 11. So I would have totally I was maybe a year away from hitting puberty but I'm sure those seeds had been planted with all the weird movies I'd been watching anyway and I did have the permissive parents so like I saw go, some weird stuff they're gonna do some kissing yeah. and they do and that's the thing which is fucked up too because like not quite Linnea and Night of the Demons booby but this also was kind of like made it weird and awkward when you like first French kiss somebody exactly I was uh, you know in the back of my head I knew at a 99.9% certainty <laughs> it, it wouldn't happen this would happen but, no no you no tongue 
But for me, there was that 0.1% chance, though, that it could. And That's the Newton's cradle. There it is. And then the pendulum and was hey, next to yeah, like, oh. now we're in the dream world. Which I thought was cool as shit when I first... Uh, and you know what? Every now and then when I play with the Newton's Cradle, I kind of want that to happen. Oh, do Floating you? Shit. Do I do. Because I'd be like, oh, sweet. Magic missile. Would, ooh, I'd be a naughty vampire god. Dude, if I had dream powers, yeah. And actually, you know what? It's kind of... It is nice. And it's actually... It's, we go back to our Silver Bullet episode where yeah. we do have a character in a wheelchair so I take it back. In the 80s, there was some representation, but again, just something unlike Mac and me. See, he can do shit like that. He That's can like do... a David Copperfield move. Magic. He might as well be Doug Henning with Sad all his magic. wizard <laughs> master. Shit, I'd be like blowing holes in walls and shit. And you know what? I mean, well, good I... for Patricia Arquette, but... I would think like doing flips and Spider-Man things, but that's pretty dope. I can't, a, I can't do that. Mary Lou Retton was big. Yeah. You know, you might as well face it. Also, <laughs> he's doing the crowd noise thing. And, the, and dig this. Super strength, baby. You cannot go wrong yeah, with super that's strength. that's rad. But also, let's face it, you've got to be limited to the budget. Come on now. You know. Did you ever play uh, the Dream Warrior? I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Flash him. And, and bad. bad. That's a moment. That's an iconic uh-huh. moment. And also just kind of like, oh, my God, she's a punk rocker now. She's badass. Even like as a kid, I was like, she's badass. Well, anyone that's breaking out like two, two switchblades switch and, and with switchblade hair. who All we needed were some doves behind her. And yeah. like, this becomes Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors by John Woo. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't be an 80s horror without movie boobs. without gratuitous nudity. So Chuck Russell made sure that happened. Mm-hmm. And this is the 1980s. This is what happened in a horror movie. His name is Chuck. And, he's <laughs> and just go back to eating alive for that one there. But again, you have to watch out for when you're French kissing. Cause... Freddie likes to get freaky, much like freaky the tall Freddy. man in Phantasm. Right. When it comes See, to... See, in the back of my mind, it's... Blah. Especially if you got some girl that was like, you know, doing the Nick Cage, I'll, I'll suck your tongue for. Right? At, at least. Okay, so I hope we don't. Is this the one where we get Freddy boobs? No, you don't see the Freddy boobs. That was a still from the documentary Never Sleep Again, where they're standing side by side. Uh, so in the original, it was supposed to be when he switches, it was supposed to be Freddy with tits. Like. <laughs> You want to talk about the definition of cognitive dissonance? Oh, he's there jiggling his boobs. Fucking, they got like little faces, souls as the nipples. David Cronenberg's Freddy Krueger could have gone a very weird way. (laughs) Don't dream it. But what I like also is this does kind of introduce the fact that. Now, Freddy can also take hostages. Mm-hmm. Like, not only is he... He's not going to... He tempts you in, again, using your wants and desires. But and, now... Yeah. And he's, like, scheming and he's planning. He's kind of like a, a, a burgeoning chess master in mm-hmm. this film. Just in terms of, you know, being multiple places, thinking multiple moves ahead. And this gives us that whole idea... Uh, and I love you got the cowering punk in the background. It makes such for a weird <laughs> contrast because everyone else, for the most part, their appearance. And again, again, I know that's talking about their insecurities and how they're playing out in their dream powers. 
But I just love the fact that she's the only one that is still rocking. The, it's like, I'm going to fuck shit up. I got my whole outfit and everything. She wasn't even ready for, like, she testing t- their power. She was full on. She was in advanced studies. She took the red pill. Yeah. She was like, let's do this. She's her Matrix self right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, all of a sudden, she's in the Matrix. Everyone else is still in the real and world. this is a whole cool effect, too. The fact that it's, like, an entire room morphing into another room. It's playing more on the nightmarish imagery. And this does take us back, though, to the original in regards to the boiler room, mm-hmm. which that is the the <laughs> home base, if you will, for right. Freddy Krueger. Because it always comes around to the boiler room. And this is unfortunately where everyone basically looks like having a bad trip for the most part. <laughs> they drank the Kool-Aid. They <laughs> there was some hypnosis still laced in that one, unfortunately. Ooh, code blue. And... Again, I'm trying to empathize with other characters, but you have to understand where she is coming from. Yeah. She knew this was that, like, that hypnosis was a bad idea. And Freddie ultimately fruit proved her right. And they come in, she comes in, and everybody's knocked the fuck out, and he's in a coma. Of course, she's going to be like, look, that's. And you can't prove that Freddie did it. Right. All it looks like is you took as an experiment. I mean, he totally is in the wrong on this one. Yeah. They, and... took, ex- like, they took experimental drugs, and uh, ill shit went down. But, like you said, Freddy makes it look like what's happening, and meanwhile, he's like, ah! <laughs> like, like, take the pill, you know? It's it's really rough, because, like I said, you mentioned that he's... This is what this is, this is is how you balance Freddy. You still make him mean and cruel. Yeah. But at the same time, he can have the occasional quip. Because mm-hmm. even uh, feeling tongue-tied, that's funny. Come right, because it, it, was, it was fitting, you know? <laughs> so he followed up, you know, welcome to primetime, bitch, with feeling tongue-tied he's like i'm kind of digging this he's adding insult to injury he's throwing salt in the wound it's that cherry on top like yeah you're fucked you know well and you go back to jason Voorhees, yeah michael myers nobody else talked no leatherface didn't talk Mm -mm. freddie had the freedom to to explore himself and you know hell sleepaway camp first one she didn't even blink let alone talk and then, like, in part two and three, she gets quippy, too. Yeah. But that was the influence of Freddy, though. Yeah, exactly. And from there, though, and that's what's funny, then with a lot of your slashers, a lot of them would go from stone cold silent to quippy. Yes. And to the point now where in a lot of horror movies, you expect quips, you know? You're like, oh, that's... And they're like, if that wasn't a good quip, you're like, man, boo this, you know? Well, and then also then, or you're expecting kind of the... the polar opposite a la like victor crowley and hatchet right someone that's totally opposite but still a madman mm-hmm. and that's what's funny is just how influential the original is how influential the third one is just how crazy influential this franchise is yeah uh we you know the the originals they're all you know 30 years plus at this point and we're still talking about them and we will continue to talk about them and i think that's what's amazing and also the fact that at this point now you know a lot of these films from the 80s are considered old yeah yeah you know, when you talk you if you talk to some of the younger horror fans 80s oh, movies are old movies. Yes. yeah but also another thing especially with this he's going like <laughs> he's going ghost hunting yeah. i like the fact that you know yeah freddy's supernatural and there's some supernatural evil shit going on why wouldn't there be some supernatural like good shit you know some helping speaking of the doves it is a john woo John Woo's Freddy Krueger. He's going to jump in there with two crucifixes. <laughs> no, and this is actually, I think, where they needed to go with the franchise because 
it's would be really easy to just continue. And I think what ultimately kind of happened with Halloween is just to repeat the same thing over and over yeah, again. You can only lather, rinse, repeat so much. Look at Friday the 13th as well. You know, I really thought they tried to do what they could to try to bring fresh ideas to it when they could. Because, again, and at the end of the day, they're all slasher movies. Yeah. But, man, Wes Craven had that just ingenious idea of inserting him in your dreams and boom, you I mean, you then then they take it to just the Looney Tunes cartoonish, literal cartoonish levels and the later sequels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, the, now we're playing with power. It's unreal how that happens. I never thought, you know, and like I said, I, I love the original film. To me, it's still the scariest in the franchise. Um, part two. I love as an, as a deviation from the original. Mm-hmm. I think Mark Patton gives a wonderful performance, and Freddy is still scary. Oh, and oh, here's and where here, we ooh. get the backstory of the origins of Freddy, which most times we don't need, but at the same time, this one added a little bit because it's not of the focus of it. No, but, it just it adds another dimension uh-huh. to the origin of Freddy, where it is very tragic to the to the nun again, the bastard son of a thousand maniacs. Yeah. And that that in and of itself, his origin is a is a urban legend. Yeah, it's something you would hear in those really old churches. You know, did you hear about the the birth of the uh, such and such? Uh, Freddie, the Amanda Kruger's boy. You, you know? hear he got led out of the Haddonfield, you know, penitentiary. <laughs> I every- jumped six times. But it, the bastard son of a hundred maniacs, maniacs. A thousand. My bad. I was thinking of a uh, ten thousand maniacs. Me too. I always get that like thousand. No, hundred maniacs. Hundred. I overshot the maniacs. They did not have the space available for right. a thousand maniacs. It was thankfully. Just a small facility. It was, but still that, fucked up. That's no. It, that is entirely messed up. Like I cannot believe that exists. I cannot believe that is something that has now been introduced into the mythology, and it does make it a bit more. Uh, does it make him? Does it make him more tragic? No, it doesn't make him more tragic. I think if anything, it makes him more like he's been. He comes from bad soil. You know, that's what I think that it's. It's it, he comes from bad stock, where his origins are so terrible that he couldn't help but be evil. And he, it's not a redemption story. He's born bad, comes from bad, and then poof, the nun is gone. Telling you, I said it before and I'll say it again. Nuns have powers. That's what happens. They do weird shit. This further cements it. Nuns have powers. And then we go back to uh, poor uh, Joey in a coma. And then this, some exorcist shit comes out. And of course, he's still in a dream. And if Freddy can do things into you in the dream, come and get him, bitch. And also, this is really the movie where... And it's fucked up because he now that has permanent. He's now got that permanently scarred. He can't go to this public swimming pool. He can't go to the YMCA or the gym because everybody's gonna see. Come and get him, bitch! Just written all over his chest. And I guess that That's makes fucked his up. Ironic death in a waterbed in part four. That was right? worse. That was the last. That was the first time he got to actually be in a body <laughs> like, of water. Ah, uh, raw. <laughs> No, and like you said, he's also talking smack now from yeah. beyond. Yeah. Not only is he quipping, yeah. like, by the way. And having belly laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> I, I'm curious, though, then. <laughs> the, 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 the addition of the word bitch. 
Is that just Freddie just being more? I don't know. Whatever, bitch. Maybe Freddy he's Freddie's hood. He, well, he is from Elms the, the street. That's Elm right. Street. It's just something that always made me laugh. And the fact that he's parodied to the point in uh, Rick and Morty as, what is it, Scary Freddy or Scary Terry. Scary Terry. Bitch. Everything ends with bitch. And this is, again, this is the introduction of that, actually. Much like with the quips, this is now him adding that as well. Insult to injury again. Calling people names. All right, back to bed. Ding, 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 ding. Krusty <laughs> Dean. You, and then oh, we get introduction. Oh. oh, you know what? It's funny because it's Little Nemo's bar. Little Nemo from Slumberland. Oh, I was actually thinking of the fish myself. No, that's Finding Nemo. That's Finding Nemo. Well, oh, Dory okay. did fall asleep. No, but Little Nemo was an old cartoon and he was in a dream. And welcome back, podcast favorite, uh, John Saxon. And, and his hairpiece. <laughs> and his, his fucking... St- <laughs> Boltons, just pong, 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 <laughs> just and, we got and just grizzled and chiseled, full of chuzzle, just like you would want to see John Saxon. Oh, he and he is at kind of like peak scuzzy Saxon, which is a next level that you don't get to see. And I'm really glad that he returned to the franchise. Yeah, like not only do you get Nancy, but you get Nancy Pop, Nancy's Pop. Mm-hmm. And he could have easily they could have gone a totally different way, but I think this and again why people enjoy this film so much is because you got so much of the original coming back. Like the only thing that could have made this better is if Wes Craven actually was able to direct it, and you know, even though he got you know part of the story credit, right. And then he's like, Kruger's back, and like, I doubt it. And Still again, the same battle. The denial. Uh-huh. And the parental and the authority people. Don't understand the kids today with their Freddy Kruegers and their hypnoseals. And now Will Marr actually is the other person that is finally saying, no, 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 legitimately. Will Marr. You, know, you, you get all the credit for that. He's legit. Now he, and he's, and he's, you know, John Saxon is at the point, just like, no, I'm done. Yeah. Like, just move, move forward. I'm Lieutenant a drunken, Thompson. drunken sheriff. That's what I do. Is From dr- Lieutenant Thompson to Security Thompson. Mm-hmm. Right, and you and his character actually kind of takes that um, character for uh, um, Dennis Hopper's character in True Romance. Speaking of a tr- Patricia Arquette, there we go. Kind of the same uh, trajectory as well, but in, in it's John Saxon playing kind of the unshaved. You know, he reeks of like Molson, yeah, yeah, Molson, just like or just something, something very Meister Brown, Meister Brown, Kentucky bourbon, just like. <laughs> <laughs> Tough, so nasty, so nasty. But you forget sometimes that John Saxon has, and at this point we talked about him just last year in December when we did Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. We, he's just all over weird, cool genre films. And I love how he always plays the grizzled cop. He, Yeah, he's I mean, good. he had a type. He had a type. But he made it work. Had a total shit attack. That's what happens I when I eat too much cheese. That's <laughs> Well, thankfully, this particular film isn't cheesy. Yeah. And in fact, if anyone argues that it is, it's like, no, no, no. You, no. You, I don't know what kind of cheese you've been it eating. It is not cheesy. No, this is, oh, I, maybe this is the drinking game you can have in this in this particular commentary track, but drink every time why we talk about this film kind of balances everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. You know, be it the horror, the humor, uh, there's just, there's a fine, it's almost and like it's a, a good plan. They're like, okay, we got to do something to help these kids out. And it's a two pronged approach as well, which mm-hmm. is kind of rad. Again, they're now they're starting to play a little bit more. They've gone from checkers to chess. Yeah. Even though, you know, Freddie himself was kind of a grandmaster. They're all playing the game. Yeah, they are there. <laughs> 
And this too also, it's kind of funny him trying to bully him, which in real life, John Saxon would wipe the floor with floor him. Floor with his ass with his old white guy kung fu. Oh, oh man. Just... He'd take off his shirt and he'd have that like dirty white white beater white on. White beater on, just it's got a fucking, again, a Molson stain on there and a couple of cigarette burns from when he fell asleep watching pro wrestling. And he just gets that, <laughs> he just gets that, come on, college boy. And just like, fucking, he would completely yeah, call him would. college boy. Yeah, he would. <laughs> you a college boy or something? <laughs> yes, smart fella, huh? Just like, oh, good Lord. Talking little, shit. Always funny anti intellectual stuff, man. That kills me. <laughs> but ultimately, here at this point in the film, now that we've got kind of the two pronged approach, where, and it's really funny because literally they ultimately divide Freddy's attention, mm-hmm. which is funny because it actually has its effect. And we, <laughs> this is, I, I, we haven't, there are multiple films, and I'm trying to remember if they did it in the Monster Squad, but multiple films where people just stop by church, steal holy water. They didn't, Lost Boys. And like, you know what? I've always kind of wanted to fill, go into like a busy church and fill up like a whole jug full, like a big old thing. I'm like, I'll explain later. You, you can thank me later. And as I run out into the night, you know, just to let people go, holy shit. If anybody ever did that to me, I would immediately follow them. I'm like, I'm going to go help. I'm going to go kill some monsters because I believe you because they're, you know, I fucking, if ill shit's going down, it might be monsters. If you are true to yourself, Genius McGee, <laughs> avoiding grates, staying out of the woods, staying out of water, I could totally see you then following in line someone going in with the holy water like yeah, that. Yeah, I would totally go and like, all right, cool, let's go. I want to see these monsters. And the fact that he's also taking the crucifix as well. Yeah. Which, because again, he's a man of, of, you know, of science and logic. And honor, too. He's like, here, take this. I'll be right back to come and get it. <laughs> that, I'm sorry. I'm surprised Bob Shea was Diners Club. No, thank you. <laughs> we, don't, we don't take that. Don't leave church without it. <laughs> you will take the risk. It's the Last Supper Club. <laughs> <laughs> Judas, this one's been declined again. I'm sorry. I'm not going to run it anymore. Pay your bill. <laughs> like, who's picking up my tab? Peter? No, Paul? Well, now we get to the point now we have to kind of can you know convince many and multiple peoples of what's going on and oh I think genius just uh, dozed off there I don't know what kind of dream he's gonna have it'll probably it'll definitely be a nightmare but I guess this is like kind of the best time to talk about how at this point we definitely get two elements going on oh god and that's just I don't know if that's distasteful that they haven't fixed. You know, where Jennifer had, was burned to death uh, as she jumped into the TV for suicide. And also we get mention of their last group. And we talked about it before, but every time they meet for group, you see the numbers diminish. And their last group, are those are our survivors, or so we think. Because as we see in this film, the body count does continue. And those, you know, people that you have just so connected to... You can't get too close to him because uh, part three is not over yet. In fact, no, they're going to gut you with some of the kills here. And this is actually another great uh, entrance of the junkyard, which does come back into play in part four. Uh, spoiler alert, unfortunately, when Kincaid dies, which is another kind of big slap in the face to a lot of fans. It's kind of like an Alien uh, 3 where David Fincher killed off Newton Hicks in the intro and just really rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Kind of the same thing in part four, 
But again, they're adding to this mythos, again, Christian mythology of this burial, that he has to have a proper burial, that we have to do this the right way, the Christian way, which is a little bit weird in your Freddy movie, but I definitely understand why they did it because, let's face it, probably the biggest hurdle for a lot of the people working on these films is how do we resurrect Freddy and how do we kill him? And how do we keep the door open so he may come back again and be it micro dreams or what have you? But, you know, they do. They do happen. Uh, Genius. Genius. Wake up, man. Wake up. Wake up. I was having the most delightful dream. I was in life force. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Right. Okay. We are at this point in the film. We are an hour and eight minutes in and we have yet. To say the phrase, Dream Warriors! We have not talked about the wonderful Dawkins single that not only enhances this film, but makes it another reason why we still talk about it so many years later. I had the weirdest dream. Freddie has been bested yeah. in multiple music videos <laughs> by Dawkins, uh-huh. the Fat Boys. The Fat Boys, yeah. He has uh, rumbled with DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm almost trying to think if that may have been my initial introduction to, to Freddie. Really? Oh, that would be a tough one. Huh. Because I was a huge DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince fan. Huge. <laughs> and their whole thing, Nightmare on My Street, came from part two. Yeah. And I'm trying to remember, I saw the first one on HBO I dared not rent that one. That one was just such a scary movie for me. So I'm trying to remember if I would have heard that song and then Before finally been brave enough. You reverse engineered from DJ Jazzy Jeff hey, and hey, the if, Fresh Prince. If DJ Jazzy Jeff can, you know, stomach through it, I can get through it too, you know? <laughs> because ultimately I kind of take the, uh, the the Fresh Prince, you know, approach and, you know, try to get down with Freddie in my dreams. You know, thanks for stopping by. I opened up the door, said, take care, guy. He got mad, drew back his claw, and slashed my shirt. I laughed at that and thought, hold up, that hurt. This wasn't a dream, man. This guy was for real. It was a Freddy up out. There's been an awful mistake here. And I could do the entirety of it, but I will not. This is a Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 commentary track. Uh, again, added to the dreamlike element with the slashing and the crazy room, but then also such a cool little transition and gateway. The, yeah, yeah, it's a good effect with the feathers. And to break them up from a group to individual mm-hmm. again. It's just a nice little element to, again, let them face all their individual fears. And and dividing and conquer. And then, like, <laughs> oh, it was only a dream. Would ben, you like a little bit of bourbon there, uh, genius? Right. <laughs> and then she's back to making her uh, paper mache house. Yeah, and again, it was it all a dream? And this is a nightmare. Oh, here it is. In the background, we mm-hmm. had it for a while. We almost we almost made it to the actual dream warriors. <laughs> It's such a great song, and it's Dawkins. In, yeah. in 87, heavy metal was still marketable. The de- but it was also the devil's music. Yeah, it was. It, that was a gateway. Well, well, Doc, mm, Hor- <sighs> but horror and metal have always gone hand in hand. You know, George Lynch is pretty jacked, so I could see him being scary. But Dawkins, they were more on the... They weren't hair metal. They were kind of a transition between hair metal and like just legitimately good metal. Uh, kind of hard to define. They weren't scary metal. They they weren't me listening to Slayer really low, afraid there's I would not going to be Satan. No, there's not going to be any Donahue episodes on them. <laughs> no, no, there's not. The only thing that ultimately you know was challenging, oh. and then 
fucking bourbon. This is a gnarly, nasty kill. Now, this also is digitally enhanced, but practically based. And then your mother's <laughs> decapitated head is yelling at you and talking shit. Mm-hmm. Like that goes more into even the ba- like the a- nature of their. And here we go. You get hey, you get to at least her do her her, her dream her, power, her flipping and shit. But how often when you dive through a window in you Elm Street, go downstairs. And how often in commentary tracks have we people diving through windows? I think <laughs> almost go- in every movie. Right, <laughs> there's a lot of sugar glass again. The budget on this film with sugar glass. But <laughs> and giant dick worms. All roads lead to Elm Street, though, regardless. And now here, and this this kill is not as bombastic. But it's mean. Oh, it's and hor- it's creepy. And it's creepy and gross. Yeah. like, And it's also a very intimate kill as yeah, well. Yeah, Regarding Freddy just being up close and personal. And then hobos. Well, yeah. And if anything, what did the 70s teach us? we got to watch out for hobos, hippies, and hitchhikers. That's right. The three H's. Triple, watch out for Triple, triple H. H. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very uh, intense pedigree, if you will. <laughs> She's ready with the switch blades. <laughs> <laughs> then I like also you get that Taryn and Freddy. Yep. Street tough. Freddy tough. There was a Freddy tough. But he the, comes down doing doing the Freddy. Doing the Freddy. <laughs> but also, it intimates that there was this relationship that through the drugs. She was going down dark alleys picking up shit. And I'm sure there were many a times Freddy visited her when she was maybe high on something, right? Mm-hmm. And that's even more of a reason for her to take away from it, which is why this Welcome makes this. Home. Yes. He's looking around like. Let's yeah. dance. But no, he is. Let's He's very dance. familiar with it. But then we get a little bit of battling. Mm-hmm. And you can't get... Now, of course, nowadays, if this was John Woo's you know, Dream Warriors, again, two, two, two switchblades, she'd be diving she'd into be him. Sti- stick, 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 like peppering his chest. But she gets the upper hand here. And then Freddie Freddy doing his whole psychology again, thing. Again, hoisted on your own petard, but doing some yep. fucked up shit. And this reveal right here... Let's get high. Let's get high. Oh, that's so scary. And so, and look at her. She's still fighting to the end. Uh-huh. But here, right here. Oh, oh, oh. that is some next level nastiness. Just like sucking and wanting mm-hmm. like the pockmarks, now, I guess. Now, apparently, she overdosed and dies here, but apparently her main death was supposed to be, her head was supposed to explode. Uh-huh. But apparently the puppet they designed for it didn't work. Like the eyes blew out and that was it. I'm glad that it didn't because I think it would like, but no, it's the dungeon master. And from what a rush, which again, he quipped, he quipped. He quipped. Yeah. Again, insult to injury, but I'm glad they didn't like make your head explode because then that wouldn't be like as sad. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. No, because that is definitely more tragic. Again, then this one playing on his fears of and insecurities of being in the wheelchair, which is fucked up. I think is one of the most fucked up things to use a thing that you're dependent on. It's almost as fucked up with the hearing aid in like part five. Yeah. Well, this is very much like a Hellraiser kind of thing that yeah, you would see. It's the Hell wheelchair. It is. And also the fact that they draw upon that nightmarish image of the long hallway that you can't get mm-hmm. through. So again... Have a seat. Rawr! Dad puns! Yeah. That was pretty weak, Freddy. Now, granted, he is just getting started. Right. He's, he's a, still getting his... Te- he, he's going to be... Have a seat, bitch! I'm taking lessons at the local improv. <laughs> yes, and... Have be bitch. here all week, bitches. Have a great night. Ah. 
Come on, Wizard Master, use your Harry Potter shit. He should have been like wizarding from the first day. He did. Well, even a side glance there gets his leg. <laughs> Do the Freddy. That's the thing. Massy on the Wizard Master. He, he should have been Wizard Ma He Le Leviosa from from PJs to something that with a hell of a cape and a collar. I'm telling you, man, I want a cape now, like that. That's rad. And the first time I saw this with Freddy's look, I was like, oh, he's on to something. Yeah, he is. Like Freddy's magic, genuinely scared. Oh, like Superman, only magic can defeat magic. But instead, no, he goes full on Emperor and then runs to him. Yeah. Don't runs run for him. him. You need to use your range spells to keep away. You're not a you're a wizard, not a melee fighter. Come on now. That's that's wizard mastering 101. Exactly. Are we to maybe admit maybe he wasn't the best wizard master? He wasn't the best wizard master. And then, so and when he dies in real life, do oh, it just and that's be That's the worst way to die. You entire year in life, you loved playing that game. You thought you yeah. were a wonderful wizard master. No, by the way, Freddy's going to show you in your last dying breath. By the way, you sucked as a wizard master. Right, you fucking suck. Your spells don't mean dick. Your campaigns were shit. <laughs> right. Like, you game rules d20 and suck you have negative 20 in charisma right freddy should have like killed him with big giant dice or made him float oh, like the oh, hellraiser balls. i would like to point out kincaid is wearing fighting his fighting suspenders, uh, suspenders yes yeah the old timey you know, tom cody uh, yeah a la tom cody and a la like uh, and also is this the first time that burnt face pussy is that the first time that a P-drum has been, p -drum, the P-word has been dropped in A Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, uh, maybe this one, maybe. I'm trying to remember in the original, maybe. Maybe in part two. But uh, another time. Another place. That you <laughs> now we get a quite literal door mm -hmm. to the other side. This is almost and like. And that's a cool effect, too. It's a Just wonderful a floating effect. door. It's great. It's simple. Mm-hmm. It's ominous. It, but it doesn't go anywhere bullshit. This is, again, this is the blue pill now that uh, Larry was giving out earlier. Mm -hmm. The cowboy Curtis. Cowboy Morpheus. <laughs> but this is also, at this point now, we're hoping. We've already lost two of our beloved characters. There's no way. And the wizard master. There's no way they're going to kill off any of our survivors at this point. We need a trio. The, you know what? This film has been so Christian with the Christian mythology you need the Holy Trinity. You totally need the Holy Trinity. At this point, the Holy Trinity will hold. Well, you have the father. You have the father with John Saxon, and they're right. battling over there. You have the bastard son of a thousand maniacs, and then you have the Holy Ghost, which is the nun. Oh, that'll work. Oh, nice. Boom. Oh, nice. Or I was just thinking Kincaid, Kirsten, and Nancy. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we, we don't go too scene-specific commentary, uh. but I was just going with that. Now, part four, I mentioned this while you were asleep. With the having dog a nightmare. pissing? And remember the dog's name. Uh, Jason. That's funny. It, I mean, that was it, a famous it, dog, too, because that was the same dog from The Hidden. And that the was one the that same dog. Yeah. The tongue motion? Yep, yep, yep. And that's the same dog from Night of the Creeps when the eye pops out. So that's a famous fucking dog. Dude, that dog is he got all... He got Benji work. And we've done a comment. <laughs> and we've done a commentary for Night of the Creeps. That means we need to do a commentary for part four and, <laughs> and, then, the we, and then we had the dog. Well, we kind of did with the Monday Mystery Movie. I was actually, yeah, I was going to say that would make an interesting triple feature just built around that particular the dog. dog. <laughs> but this is always weird, the fact that they introduced this concept into the mythos. <laughs> One rough summer. Uh, uh, 
Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I think that was a Bjorn's <laughs> look. <laughs> Uh, but I also like the fact that he's got the, the egghead doing all the uh, yeah. The Come on, work. college boy, use your put your back into it. They teach you how to open up bright cars and fancy college books. <laughs> well, also I technically Nerd. it's the fact that you know at this point, Lute- you know, security man Thompson is just still disinterested. There is no reason why I am out here on just you know this is a Mickey Mouse BS kind of thing to be yep. going on until. <laughs> But to hide the bones of Freddy in the car, that's that's messed up. And then, like, <laughs> trying to sneak away. And it's also, they're playing it almost like it's cursed ground, mm-hmm. which technically it, it is. kind of is. It makes your dog piss fire. <laughs> I don't know what kind. We are not going to eat those kind of tacos or Mexican food after this. I'm just going to say that right now. If fire pigeon rock gut. <laughs> like, John Sachs like, you know, you really want to piss fire, let me tell you. If I'm P-Fire and resurrect a horror icon, I'm going to be very upset. And in the basement and the boiler room, we get the Argento Reds, which is kind of a staple of the nightmare scenario in your Elm Street. And at this mm-hmm. point, you know we're in our finale. Yeah. We've whittled down our the kids we cared about to these two kids and Nancy. And I'll be honest, I thought there was no way, no way they would kill Nancy. Right. And there's Tommy being roasted. Yeah, oh, it's tongue tarred. And the iconic. And, I, and again, we usually turn this down low, so I'm pretty sure we would. Did we hear it before? Is this the intro? Is this the first time we're hearing? No, the we classic, heard it in the dream in the dream world. Did we? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to say because that is actually some crazy edging they're doing. Then, <laughs> if they're you know waiting that long, Joey. Well, also the fact that he he literally is a, I'll take you literally, like, let him go. Your wish is my command. (laughs) And he does a nice little, like, proper, I'll take my hat off while doing Uh this. Like, if anything, Freddy is. circumstance. He still provides good dream etiquette. (laughs) Yeah. Dear Freddy. Like, Heloise. Heloise with Freddy. You know, he gets around in the world of hell. You know, you'd think hell is a larger place. It's really small. <laughs> Having a dinner party? How about roast pig? <laughs> and again, we get elements of them utilizing... Their dream powers. Which is nice to see. Although, Freddy... <laughs> He's like, fuck you. I think Freddy could be a, like a B, like a b-boy dancer with those kind of moves, actually. <laughs> Pop That's the doing Freddy! The- <laughs> He's over there doing... <laughs> When he backspins, he can actually cut the Achilles tendons of rival B-Boys. Yep. And he's still doing the whole, like, worm thing as the worm. Yeah. Telling you. All of a sudden, we have, like, an entire routine to do Mm -hmm. the Freddy in. Now, this is a nice little moment here where you get Nancy saying, like, he's stronger than ever, which, again, shows that this Freddy is upgraded. Not Technically, we've seen that from the get-go, though, from Worm Freddy... To TV Freddy, to Boobs McGee Freddy that we didn't get. <laughs> Teddy Freddy. <laughs> and, and it's. Because he's creepy. It is Lick creepy. your own blood. Right. And just the way. But her whole thing, yes. The so, This whole reveal is another next level, and that yeah. is horrific. Again, not only does he kill you with but the stuff you love, but now he keeps you. 
You're part of his body art, man. Mm-hmm. Like his tattoos. Like, what if you're just a, like a phase he was going through? Like, you know, he was into killing goth kids, which is why he has like the weird like, like uh, tribal tattoos or tribal like s- spirits in him. <laughs> there are bad phase I went through in the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> Should have seen my nipple piercing. It's got like the Tasmanian devil from like with the, the Looney 90s with hip the Looney hop Tunes. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> my Taz has attitude, bitch. It's uh, or no, even better. Freddie's got he's got to think of like one of the California raisins, and it says raisin hell on it because the raisin has like the devil or the little pitchfork. Oh. <laughs> Kids, ask your parents and grandparents about the California raisins. <laughs> they were kind of nightmarish, though, let's face it. And it's actually funny, though, because were they stop-motion animated? <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's appropriate because Because we got Harry Housen. We got Harry Housen, Freddy. This is all sorts of wonderful. This was actually definitely Chuck Russell's homage to the Harry Housen stop-motion mm-hmm. animation, which, again... If you but do this nowadays, this is terrifying. All the cars coming alive and doing shit. That's why I don't like those you picket places. What we don't see is a comet going overhead. Actually, <laughs> right for a brief like five minute period, we had the maximum overdrive. I'm scare the hell out of you. No, but for real, every time I go to those like you picket places, I always think like oh it's fucking Freddy's. This is it's a great scare. Yeah, and also really good. Harryhausen. Stop motion and green screen mm-hmm. or blue screen. I really thought it was effective. And like I said, it would be totally CGI if done now. Yeah. Which, and I, you know, they can do some incredible CGI. Don't get me wrong. But it's the fact that now John Saxon's like, holy shit, it is you. It He's, is Freddy Krueger. Everyone has to come to terms with Freddy. A come to Jesus meeting? They have to, yeah. It's that. and uh, <sighs> Death of John Saxon. And it's not just so much. It's just, it's, <sighs> yeah, it's a gnarly death, too. Even big old rusty metal spike going through your chest. Harryhausen <laughs> Freddy is like channeling the Jason and the Argonaut skeletons right now, and that's a chest to go through too. And that's Boom. a combo move. Yeah, like, it is. A- bink, bink. He got an X two multiplier. And this Freddy, this is kind of like bury you alive. I'm gonna bury you where no one's gonna find you. If this Freddy had a penis, <laughs> he would pee on him right yeah, now. He He'd pee yeah, fire. Pee fire right on him. Because even like he's like ha ha. He fucking stances on him. Just like ah. That's doing the Freddy right there. That's how you. <laughs> that's his. That's his hands end move. in the air and your head back and forth. Do the Freddy. That's what he was doing. He was doing the Freddy. Oh, he's we workshopping the Freddy. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> now, what do you think, kids? Maybe if there were more of me, just put around. <laughs> yeah. He's so vain at this point as well. Now. The tongue thing. <laughs> Freddy Staple. It always bothered me. Whether it's through a phone, whether it's in a mirror, it's just something that adds to his creepy. Creep factor. Yeah, which. Well, he is a kid diddler. Well, and that's. When was that introduced into the mythos? Maybe the kid diddling was. Maybe he just killed him. Still, either way, it's still pretty bad. Maybe he just killed him. Let's no, give, he didn't diddle him. Let's give credit where credit's due. You know, I'm not, I'm not a diddler. Ah, <laughs> wonder with anybody younger than my daughter from part seven. <laughs> when he and Frank crossed paths, just a brief, when Frank was doing traveling Frank work. Kruger. <laughs> He's a big giant worm, but he does that beer gargle. Ah. <laughs> oh boy, I'm not even we're not even gonna go there. Now, here where we get Joey. 
do, do, do. <laughs> Joey finding his dream power, which is indeed his voice. That's um, bittersweet, cause it, like that's his dream power, and that's like not bittersweet. It's like touching. It is. It's nice. Well, you you would like to think sometimes to think higher, but quite honestly, if you know you didn't have a voice, you'd want it. He should have powers like Banshee. Now, this is such a sucker one-two punch that we get here, because ultimately, yeah, it is. And with all the Kristen stuff that we've seen so far. Why wouldn't it? Right? This is that nice, almost like his little Jimmy Stewart moment. <laughs> I Merry Christmas movie, house. <laughs> Freddie, the world would be such a better place without you. I just think you ought to know that. Fucking Elm Street, Potterville. And it's really funny because you feel, you know something's up, though, because maybe in death, obviously, he has regret, what have you. I can dig that. You have this bittersweet, and then here, it's when they smile like, oh, like, aw. it's so nice. Look, Al, I'm going to put my arm on you. It's so good. And no, unfortunately, remember, this is a mean ass. Mean ass, Freddy. Of what, and a simple die. He yeah, does not no quit, quit for Nancy. Mm-mm. He. This is personal. He's like, just die. Not even a die, bitch. Exactly. Just like- exactly. And that's always, from the moment I saw that, bothered me. Like, because that was just like, no, there's. Oh, so dark. Like, like the moment from that you to die. Like Nancy makes Freddie monosyllabic. Uh-huh. Like I mean, she literally <laughs> reduces him to nothing. But obviously, she fucks him up. It's Nancy. She is a fighter. She is a survivor. She ain't going down without a fight. Hell no. She is going to do her part to take Freddie down. And here is where we get a very interesting, again, adding to the Christian mythology, but the proper burial for Freddy Krueger. Right. Hollow, consecrated ground. And and it's more for the children, so maybe it's the souls. Wilmar is like Wu-Tang. Yeah. He is for the, for the children. He is for the children, okay? <laughs> I'm the old dirty bastard. Now, here we get some really cool old school, like, rotoscoping mm-hmm. that you would have seen in, like, uh, The Wizard. But also, this is a way to kill Freddy. Which begs the question, why were they not able to continue to do this as a disposal method? Like, is he like um, that uh, that android in the DC universe, uh, Amazo, where like once, once you, you kill him, you can't... Yeah, like and Doomsday, once you kill him, it will never kill right. him again. Is that why they couldn't go back to the well with like, you know, holy water and a burial? Mm-hmm. Like in part four, it because had then to be... It would have been, then it would have been more Dracula. Right. You know? That's true. I guess you I guess and you do need some variety in your dispatching. Yeah. Because sometimes half the movie you're like, Well, how are they gonna kill how are they gonna kill Freddy? Mm-hmm. You know, again, they brought it how do they bring him back? How do they kill him? And how do they leave the door open to keep it going? Because let's face it, here we are only in part three of a series that goes on that <laughs> at least twice over and threatens to continue mm-hmm. um, just this last year um, Robert Englund donned the Freddy Krueger makeup for the Goldbergs mm-hmm. and a blink it and miss it thing went really quickly but it begs the question while Robert Englund is still alive would you genius McGee want him yeah. to play Freddy Krueger again I think he did a great job putting a new spin on it in New Nightmare and I think Freddy as we've seen before, Freddy, not Freddy, doesn't work. You know, non-Robert England Freddy. You want to talk about, again, straight diddling in that remake. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's the diddling one where it came on, I believe. Yeah, it's 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 problematic. I don't know. I'm like, you know, going back to the Halloween um, sequel, again, I loved it. I don't think we needed it. I don't think we need another nightmare. 
I think it is best a product of the 80s. We have plenty of sequels to choose from. We're arguing about part three being the best. And, and ah. it was on a night just like this. Tell them Amanda Kruger sent you. It's a nice little twist, something that you needed on yeah. that. And then it's kind of funny because now we're in none of the kids. The kids are safe, but we're in uh, Will Mars' house. And as like a weird effigy, I guess he took uh, Nancy's things. Well, well, at least the the paper mache house. Because I don't think she probably had a living will at that point, right? And then, and here is your entryway. And I remember going yes, but the very when I first saw this, you can't keep a good Freddy down. You can't keep a good franchise down. Uh, here we are in the credits. This hour and a half went by way too fast. Yeah, number it did. one. Um, but ultimately, uh, right now, as the day we are recording this, rank your Elm Street films, Genius McGee. Number three, number one, um, let's see, then I would even go number four, number two, number five, uh, I kind of like what they did with Freddy's Dead, so six and then... New Nightmare? Yeah. Nice. No, I'd probably put New Nightmare even higher. Okay. Even way higher, way higher, way higher, actually. I totally forgot about New Higher, New Nightmare. But I would think, like, yeah, New Nightmare would... Top five. Perfect. I'm going to go... One is my favorite. And you know what? Based on my mood, my mood today, I'm going to say the original, part two, part three, part four, part five, Freddy's Dead, New Nightmare... With the dream warriors Don't wanna dream no more Yeah, I was waiting I was like, An hour and uh, 33 uh, minutes into it Or an hour and 39 into the <laughs> But if we're gonna do it At least we did it with it I, I'd like to say Karaoke Karaoke <laughs> Well as it is with a lot of our commentary tracks And the credits We do want to thank everyone for playing along Obviously enjoy Panic Fest You know we're going to have a blast on the live show um, I have to go to the bathroom again So it is nightmare time And whatever you do Don't fall asleep So until next time this is Greg D I'm Genius McGee And we'll see you in your dreams Dream